Welcome to the Zeno Podcast, where we talk about how stories shape us and how we shape stories. Today we have Crystal Densley on the podcast. She is the professor of theater at BYU Hawaii. Before teaching at BYU, she taught at Penn State and IU, where she got her Master's of Fine Arts. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> so, really important question. Yeah. Is it theater, E-R, or theater, R-E, at the end? So that is the important question. As English people, I'm sure you really want to know. We do. Um, it really depends. So if you're going to the theater to see a play, it's R-E. The, like okay. the building. The building. Mm -hmm. The the going to see a performance in a theater is, is R-E. Um, and so the only time it ever bothers me, like sometimes I'm surprised. I'm, I'll see movie theater and sometimes they do R-E yeah. and sometimes they do E-R. I think it's supposed to be E-R. Um, but I'm all, I always am curious when I see R-E. I'm like, ooh, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure. You know, the English language has got all kinds of things in it that make yes, not a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, like there. All there. theirs. Theirs. I feel so bad there. for all of our foreign students who have to yeah. learn this language. But... Um, yeah, so that's all I know about that. Okay. I haven't done a lot of research. I just no, kind of I go just and wondering. do it. <laughs> we just were writing it. Like, in your bio, we're like, is it E-R? R-E? Is this going to make us look bad? Because we don't know what we're talking about. But, okay. So but okay. the idea of theater, like when people say, I'm into theater, that's E-R? Theater? Mm -mm. That's R-E. All theater. All theater mm -hmm. is R-E. R-E. So the Department of Theater will be R-E. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even though it's not the place where you go see it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. The art itself is RE. And then when would you use ER? At the movies. At the movies. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. The movie theater. Now you hear it here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. Squash that confusion. Yeah. Forever. Well, we're just here to like kind of pick your brain sure. about all your productions. You've been directing for over 10 years yeah. now. What's your favorite production? Or do you have one? If you don't, that's okay. But I don't have one, but I'll, I can tell you why. Mm -hmm. um, is that every time I learn something different, yeah. and every time I do a production, I'm implementing technique in some way that I haven't done before. Mm. And so that's exciting for me. Um, there, are, I have some favorite moments from each production. And um, I don't know, theater is, is magical in a way that film can never be. Um, which again, it's magical in a way that theater can't ever be. Mm. But um, with the theater, uh, we spend all this time, we work very hard in a short amount of time to put something together and uh, connection happens with the actors and with the, the production crew as in general. And then you, you put it on its feet and you bring an audience because it's not theater, R-E, unless you have an audience. <laughs> and, and then it, kind of just disappears into the atmosphere for forever because yeah. the, it, it happens and, and we do our run and we're super busy and then we close the very last show and the set comes down and the costumes go away and you leave and yet you've done something wonderful but it will never ever happen again and even if you record it you're only recording one moment of it and the camera with how yeah. they record it I mean if you shoot it like a film then you're missing something and if you shoot it wide mm -hmm. uh, then you can't see the detail so it really is an art form that's unlike anything else because a painting exists forever or you can record a piece of music and mm -hmm. it will always sound the same when you play it back right right um, but so that's why I don't really have a favorite is because every time 
I have a favorite moment or something magical happens. And that's why I keep doing it is for even those little moments. And sometimes it's just an actor understands something that they've never understood before. They they get where their character is coming from or they sing a song that you just are like slow clapping for days. <laughs> and But that's, that's special. And yeah. that's why I keep coming back. But yeah. Sorry, guys. No favorites. That's okay. No, yeah. no just, wanted. just wanted to know. Do you, uh, are there any really good moments where people had to improv or like something went wrong and they just corrected really well in the middle of a scene and they just made it happen? Well, I mean, the goal of rehearsal is for that not to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, outtakes like you have in film are what you're not going for, right? Yeah. right? And um, sometimes uh, I've heard from my actors uh, that things happen backstage that they mm. didn't know, like they have to bring on a prop and it's not on the table and they have to figure it out, but the prop is crucial to the scene yeah. and they don't know where it is and they have to either make something up or they have to figure out how they're going to say the line so that the thing that's not there yeah, that's impressive. will still make sense. Um, and that comes from just experience, the ability to cover like that. Uh, I mean, I've had experiences as an actor where I just completely forgot to go on for a scene. Like I finished a scene and I went off stage. I was like, sweet, I get to go change costumes. I don't come on for a while. (laughs) And I was supposed to come right back on, but I wasn't there. So (laughs) they covered for you. Well, they didn't, they just didn't do the scene. Like I had one person who I was supposed to come out and have a scene with her. Mm -hmm. And so she turned around for me to come on stage and I wasn't there. And she just kept turning and went on to the next thing. And I was (laughs) like, all right, (laughs) you know, bravo. But yeah, I, she came back and was like, hey. So. <laughs> no, I was halfway undressed. So I had a period costume on. So mm-hmm. I had a corset and all kinds of pieces. And uh, I couldn't get it back on fast enough to make it back on stage. Mm-hmm. And I realized halfway through changing You're costumes like, that I was, I was toast. I felt so bad. I still like racked with guilt over it because I'm such a perfectionist. <laughs> that it was just, it was awful. But uh, since I've been here no crazy stories and again that's Mm -hmm. why we rehearse right we do it again and again and again so that your body remembers how to do everything and your mind is totally focused in the moment and uh i've never had a a light fall on someone or which is really good yeah um i don't know weird costume things i wish i had better anecdotes about that everyone wants to know all the things that go wrong yeah the drama yeah but it's not really drama filled and i'm i'm like the least dramatic person well, not, I don't know that everyone would agree. Like, maybe my spouse wouldn't agree. But <laughs> but I, um, like, I just have to stay away. I kind of, like, prefer to be, you know, alone in, mm. in my office and doing my thing. And and uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't attract the drama. Okay. Man. But you are into but drama. But not the cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I am. To the, I am the into drama. art of drama. But the, not art of, drama. the art of but drama. Not petty drama yeah not the real housewives of lot ea drama no but that would be cool i direct that everybody's just like someone wrote it nice to each other it's like really positive and uplifting and someone confronts someone else and they just are passive aggressive and you know it's like oh Oh, yeah oh yeah sorry i'll take care of that yeah thanks exactly it's a happy music plays at the end yeah so your experience has been with writing and acting and directing, mm-hmm. correct? It's more, uh, I mean, I'm really an actor first. That's what I've I've done the most. That's what I trained to do. So my, my MFA, which is um, 
Um, yeah, you mentioned it's a Master of Fine Arts, but it's a terminal degree. So there's no other degree I can get in my field. I've, mm-hmm. And it's very rigorous um, and <laughs> kind of sucks you dry. I mean, you just work and work and work at this craft. And um, I don't even know what else I was going to say about it. It was it was brilliant. I'm sure. Ask the question one more time. Then it will well, jog just my saying, mind. Like, what's I'm the pregnant. difference I can't between you know, acting and <laughs> oh yeah, directing and all that. Directing. Well, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I've written a little, uh, and I'm teaching playwriting right now, which has really, really been Ooh. wonderful. Um, but like I said, yeah, I am an actor first and foremost. That's what I'm trained. And directing is actually, uh, if you have the eye for it, is a great offshoot of acting because you can communicate better with the people on stage if you know how they think and how they speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes I find myself doing bad director things like be quieter rather than actually giving them an internal motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you have to do that when you have to get through things. But there isn't one that I prefer. I mean, I don't ever want to leave one forever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes I, I worry when I'm directing all the time that I'm losing some of my technique uh, as an actor, but uh, there'll be opportunities. And I'll, I'll make opportunities for myself. That's a great thing about this, too, is, is as you know from mm-hmm. being in playwriting, you know, yeah. if you want something great, you can write it for yourself. Yeah. You don't need to wait for anyone else. And that's, that didn't used to be the case. It used to be very um, by-the-book theater did. You know, you only do plays that were written by people who are dead mm-hmm. or hmm. or, you know, by these Pulitzer Prize winning playwrights. And and um, and now with the invention of the, the cell phone and the video, um, everyone's doing pod well, is audio. But yeah. but people yeah. have vlogs and they they're filming their own short things and putting them on the Internet and they're just getting view after view after view after view and so the age of film is changing and uh because of that it's influencing theater even though theater tries really hard to not go there like they still want to be pure in a lot of ways um but they're finding that their audiences don't want that their audiences are are changing and they have to change with it and so uh, we have projections in this show. It's mm-hmm. not all about your imaginations. It's about showing you what's happening. And um, so, could you, can... you be a little bit more clear about what sure. you mean by how like film is influencing theater, especially with the projections, because it's kind well, of a visual. Thing. Film is is film is the is the medium, right? Mm-hmm. It's what everybody goes to see. If you right. if you pull a college student, you ask them how many movies they've seen this year, uh, they might not even be able to count yeah. how many movies they've seen just since January. And you ask them how many pieces of theater they've gone to see. One. Most yeah, likely, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Most likely. Because we're yeah. on an island and there's not a lot to see here. So uh, already, um, it used to be the opposite way around. Film used to be something that um, that was stealing from theater. Mm. They're going, these great actresses, these great actors, I'm going to steal them from Broadway and put them in my movie because then I'm going to have the quality I'm looking for. And it's not the same anymore. Like I was mentioning, you can take your phone and write a monologue and film yourself and put it on the internet and have all your friends share it and you know make some hefty residuals from YouTube. Yeah. And, or be seen by somebody who then calls you and says, I wanna use you for this, I wanna put you in this. It's The game has changed. And so 
Um, there are several productions on Broadway that, I mean, Broadway's always been about spectacle, right? But mm -hmm. as for theater, we always look to that to see what the trend is. And now, um, I mean, the trend is Hamilton, right? Yeah. It's writing something new, not something old that we're going to revive. Let's bring back that same thing we've done 40 times. Mm -hmm. There, People are not interested in that. People still are paying, you know, $2,000 minimum a seat to see Hamilton That's because insane. and yet it's a story about a founding father f from you know for forever ago and yet we're fascinated with the merging of the old and the new and uh, that set is very simple um, and it has movement and I don't know I mean that's kind of where the the trend is going and uh, but it's influenced by popular music. All art is interconnected. So popular music uh, influenced Lin-Manuel Miranda, who then wrote this show, and he cast people of color, of all colors, mm -hmm. because he's showing that theater is for everybody. And he requires, like, if the rights ever get available for that, which will be in a hundred years, <laughs> uh, that's a requirement of casting. And so the trends in theater are reflecting the trends in film and the trends in music and the trends in art. But if but theater can't deny those other trends or it will die. Mm -hmm. I sure hope it doesn't. I don't know. There's, there'll always be like Shakespeare and things that will live <laughs> yeah. on. But even that, uh, you know, Shakespeare in the Park in New York, which, again, New York theater is kind of where we get our estimates as to what's happening. Um, and that's always multicultural. They do it yeah. outside, which is one of my favorite kinds of theater. That's really cool. And, um, but but things like projections are because our audience, they're visual. So even when I'm directing this production now, some moments I'd love to take more time with, but I know as a director, if I don't keep that pace moving forward, then I'm gonna lose my audience because they're used to the action flick yeah. that there's no downtime. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I watched a, a brilliant movie uh, the other day that that uh, Kenneth Branagh directed that's based on Agatha Christie book and it moves along but it's still like each character gets their moment and because he's a theater director mm -hmm. and a film director and so he merges those things and yet that that movie didn't have critical acclaim like Mission Impossible 12 or whatever <laughs> people don't pay as much money to see that um, I don't know if it has to do with being wanting to be distracted or what I don't know I tell my students all the time like when you go to the theater you have a responsibility it's not this uh, when, you, when you go to the to a movie you sit in front of the screen and you watch it and you could be eating popcorn you can I've been in movies where people are on their phones the whole time and they paid for that experience to be mm -hmm. on their phone and watching that when you come to the theater your, your phone has to go away and you see a human in front of you you don't see a screen it's a person and you whether you like it or not, you connect with them on some way. And when you go home, you have to think about what you saw. You have to think about how it affects your morality. And you don't have to think about that when you go to films. I mean, I, I hope that people do in some way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's just, it's different. And I love that it's different. And I hope it always stays a little bit different. But we're reflecting the trends like projection. So projection, will you yeah. explain that? And also Solana, yeah. your new um, Yeah, talk about projections, Solana. Yeah. Okay, so projections are using high-powered projectors. Um, they're placed, I mean, 
it's, it's no different than watching a film. I mean, a projector projects it onto the screen. Yeah. In this production, we're using, um, I believe, four projectors. Um, and there's a computer program. So we have one computer that operates it all. So it can make the screens act as one or it can make them act as separate screens. So each projector is is then positioned on stage and it doesn't move. And then again, they feed to whichever mm-hmm. projector the image they want or they coordinate the images with this program. Okay. Um, so do you have more questions about yeah. like the projection specifically? Like or? how do you, it's so technical. Like, yeah. I guess just how does it work? Like, are is it super clear? Is it on the back of the wall, or is it like this you're projecting? Be. This okay. will be projected on set pieces. Like, for okay. example, there's one part in this show where there's a waterfall. Oh, um, okay. And so, so, like moving stuff, like yeah, you okay. can do moving things. You can do still images. Um, we're using the projections to tell the story because there's part of the story that happens in the real world. And I don't want to give anything away, but there's also mm-hmm. part of the story that doesn't take place in what we would consider the real world. Mm-hmm. And the projections are going to be slightly askew when we're in that other world. So people might not okay. exactly know what's going on, but later yeah. they're going to look back at the moment and go, oh, that's okay. why this looked like this. That's really cool. Because it's t- it's helping inform my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of like how it all works, do not ask me. <laughs> Other than, you know, how yeah. you can, I mean, yeah. a film is still frames. When I yeah. when I was in college, I, I worked in movie theater and I put together movies. Oh, cool. And uh, sometimes I would burn movies. That happens sometimes. But uh, it's all individual little frames. And now everything is digitized, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that anymore. But um, I, I think that the, the idea is similar. And then someone's going to listen to this and be like... You're fired. But um, yeah, I know that we're doing both animated and still images. Okay, cool. But I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. So I have no idea how they're going to look. I really hope that they're magnificent. I'm excited to see As they it. are in my mind. But my mind isn't always great. Was there a manual precursor to the projections? Like, what is this replacing? Or what is, is it just an add-on to set design? Or how does that well, change? The, the set is still designed with levels and panels um but the the projection is so the the set itself is going to look like a whitewashed barn side of a barn okay so you'll see slats right it'll Mm -hmm. look like a barn but it'll be basically white so it's like a blank canvas so then the color all the color from the set will come from the projections oh okay so that um at some points like at the beginning there won't be any color it'll be just white and you'll kind of get this bland world that we begin in and then slowly color comes in and yeah but it's not it I know that there are some productions that have a fairly blank stage and they use projection to be the set uh, but that's not this. And plus, I don't know how to do that. The only reason why we're doing projections <laughs> is because we have people coming from Utah State that know what they're doing. Oh, sweet. And I'm hoping that uh, in the future, because they're teaching us and things like that, I hope that we can continue using that because, like I said, it knowing that there's going to be projection and things, I think will entice our audience to come see something in a way that they haven't before. Mm-hmm. Has this hit Broadway? <laughs> has this one? No. It has projections. Like- oh, yeah. Okay, so that's now, mm-hmm. this is part of the standard. So you're saying mm-hmm. that's how film has kind of come into the regular mm-hmm. of 
theater. That's why they put it in there, right? Is because yeah. they knew cool. that images like that would affect the audience. There's a, a play that's been on Broadway, A Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night. It's about a man. It was a book. Okay, yeah, I've and seen the book. I was it's um, a, a play about a uh, an autistic man, and it's um, they use projection in mm-hmm. all of it. I haven't seen it. I would love to see it. My husband saw it, but um, that's if you don't have the projection, you it's it's like the the set designer and the lighting designer's way of helping us into the mind of the character by showing us images that they can't show with just like constructed pieces. And it shifts constantly and the light. And I think you can even just Google mm-hmm. images of it and it's pretty wow. fantastic. Um, but yeah. So when you were, cause Solana is a mm-hmm. device work, right? And you were yeah, working right kind now. of, yeah, with the, the playwrights. Mm-hmm. Did you guys decide together that it was gonna be projected or did uh-huh. they? So this is just... part of the fun of a collaborative process. Yeah. So uh, this, this production has been workshopped in pieces in different locations. It started at IU. Um, I saw the very first workshop ever done. It was just act one. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very new, very rough. <laughs> then the next year they came back and they did act two. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see kind of how it was going to intermingle. But that is not the show that we see today. Mm-hmm. So it really started somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, they've they've done a, a reading of it in New York where they, you know, actors just sit on stools and they stand up when they sing and just so they could hear it and see what it sounded like because mm-hmm. uh, it's not one of those arts that you read. It's one of those arts that's performed. And um, then a, not too long ago, they did a, I think, 48-hour run at Tuacon in wow. South Utah where they sent the music, they flew out, they worked with the actors, and then they did a staged reading like that. So that was the last thing that's cool. been done. It's never had costumes, it's never had set and light and all of wow. all of that. It's never been fully realized. And that was something that I was interested in doing here. So we knew every big musical we do, I guess for the last 16 years, we've used the same designer from Utah State. And uh, so I knew that Bruce would be a part of this program and this this specific production. And uh, he was so excited about it because they don't often get to do new works like this there either. This is really rare at any university. Um, And so he got grant money from his dean to have two graduate students. So they're getting their MFAs, but they're in scene design, a second year and a third year. And they, along with Bruce, worked to design this set. So they're the ones that brought projection to the table because they're so well-versed in it. Yeah. And... um, they they sent us these images of design and and then we all agreed on it and we Michael and Eileen who are our composers and mm-hmm. and playwrights they sat in on the meeting and they got to see the designs and they thought wow this is going to be great and so we gave them the go ahead and they wow. sent us the information and we built the set while they were gone and now they're wow. here and they're finishing it up so it's collaborative like we didn't I didn't say I want projection right they yeah. said let's do projection yeah. it'll be cool they got all excited like, sure <laughs> so now we're married to projection so there I'm really go. excited I hope it yeah <laughs> I hope it's gonna be great I'm sure it'll be fine how's I'm your excited. relationship with the musical like as a director right yeah. so you have this new musical and then you've done other musicals yeah you've done Into the Woods Romeo and Juliet those are very I don't know classic musicals yeah um, or plays how how is it different doing this new play like how's your relationship with the play as a director 
Uh, it's it's very difficult because if you have a standard thing, especially like Shakespeare, right? We're dealing with a mm-hmm. four hundred year old play that is kind of tried and tested. Yes. Everyone knows it works, and I can read through it and I can go, you know, we could cut out a few things and still have a solid story that the audience is going to get. So I approach it very differently. Mm-hmm. And again, the text is so strong that all I have to do is put people on stage and tell them where to move and have a concept that works with the text and boom, we've got a great show. It's almost like foolproof. And this is a lot of trust and trial and error and hard work. I mean, when when Michael and Eileen came, we had four weeks to workshop this with them, knowing that it was not complete, that it would change. And the excitement was is that we would have a production to put up at the end but even as we're going through it, it's it's overwhelming because they left after four weeks. That left us two weeks to block a whole production, a whole musical, a full-length musical. Yeah. Normally, we take, um, in the academic world, we take six or seven weeks to block a production. And we just haven't had that. Uh, and also, I'm dealing with a lot of actors who have either never been a production before at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, fist bump to you. And, uh, <laughs> Jackson's or, in it. Or they're just um, really inexperienced. They've only done it once or twice, or they've sung before and never acted, or they've acted and never sung. I'm dealing with all kinds of students in many different levels of ability. Yeah, I cannot believe that. And like, that's just incredible to me. It's an incredible amount of and work. And yet they're so, so excited that they yeah. came and they auditioned for this experience, knowing yeah. that this is going to be hard, and it's okay if we fail miserably, but we're going to give it a shot, right? And... Uh, that's something I, I try to teach my students too. I mean, in, in art, you can't be afraid to win big and to fail big. And and right now we're winning big and, and let's hope it continues. But maybe we'll have one show that fails big and that's cool too because we'll learn something from it. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is, is it's just so, so fast and strenuous. I mean, every night it's like a marathon and then we have to get up and go and teach and go to school the next day and do it again the next night. And we open next week and we're not stressed at all. (laughs) Um, I mean, we ran through it for the first time yesterday for the very first time. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's, uh, but it's also exciting because I'm, I'm, I think this is really good for me because I'm learning to let go because I do like to polish everything. Mm-hmm. I like it to be a shiny penny when I open the doors. Yeah. And this will be a different kind of experience um, because it will be finished and it will make sense as best as we can with the, with the script as it is now. Um, but I'm, I have to keep reminding myself that this isn't about presenting a perfect shiny penny. This is about presenting something that's brand new having the audience and the actors be a part of the process so that like the, the audience responses that we get, I'm mailing to Michael and Eileen yeah. and they'll have it all and they'll adjust the script yet again. And the next evolution already includes stuff that they wrote here. That's wow. that, that only BYU Hawaii students were a part of, Wow, which I think is so cool. Um, and then it'll, it'll change again. And then the next place it goes will be new and different, but, the thing that it has going for it is incredible music. Um, their skills with uh, com- composition are just, that the music is amazing. Mm-hmm. And a story that's on the right track. And with our actors and with the audience, we can help fill in the gaps. But 
I also think it's kind of cool. I mean, how often do we get to see something that isn't really finished? Yeah. I'm trying to be positive, you know, because it really <laughs> is stressful. It's super stressful. No, it's going to be fun. Um, It'll be fun. But I am excited about it. But I can't approach it like I normally do because mm-hmm. even now, I mean, last night in rehearsal, there's this one part that I don't think culturally we can use in the mm-hmm. production. Mm-hmm. So I put it to the cast. I was like, you guys got to help me because I don't feel like we can do this. We need something else to replace it. And I would never do that in, in an yeah. established, published play. Yeah. Because uh, the words are there for a reason and we have to figure out why they're there. Well, that isn't where we're at with this. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I hope that it all... I feel like you're always challenging yourself. Like, even <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, for people who don't yeah. know, like, you did a Samoan, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's kind of a like mashup. A mashup, yeah. Yeah, because we had some translated and some not yeah like that's crazy Samoan and old English like that's who thinks of that but you did it and it worked it worked really well yeah so So, I mean you're saying it's a tried and true story but you still like found a lot of room to change and develop a new type of story and yeah I didn't really change that much right really I actually didn't I mean I put palm tree on stage is that like (laughs) we built a folly we put people in lava lavas I mean it um why Shakespeare is so important, and I think, well, I, I know will always be important, and we will always do as long as I'm here, is because the stories represent every culture. Yes, they were written by, you know, a British guy, but, um, I mean, I've seen productions where people are wearing, uh, uh, like Julius Caesar, and they're wearing Iraqi war uh, gear as if they're mm-hmm. soldiers in the war, and you can see oh my goodness, it's happening now. That story is is really a reflection of this moment in time. Yeah. And uh, the islands, f- you know, what I'm learning and what I've learned from, from being here so far is so rich and so full of stories, and yet they don't have theater in the same way that, uh, I don't know, a very Eurocentric mindset has mm-hmm. theater. And yet they tell their stories in other ways, but many of the cultures, they don't have their stories written down. They're danced or their oral traditions or things like that. And uh, when I was thinking about this, I knew I wanted to incorporate our students in a way that they hadn't been before. So I knew I had to use a play that I could change. Mm -hmm. So I had to go with someone who was dead. And- uh, Willie Shakes. Yeah, no, (laughs) for old Bill. And, and this play, um, to be honest with you, I feel like it was divine intervention because I don't really even know how I decided. Because this isn't necessarily mm. one of my favorite plays. Yeah. But I, I experienced on campus sometimes, and I experienced in my reading, that there's uh, many of the islands, especially because of how welcoming they are. I mean, think about Hawaii, for, yeah. for instance. Um, we're taken advantage of by colonization. And not just by... Uh, yeah, American colonization by German and Spanish and you know all kinds of colonization. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what could one of the stories be from that time period? Thinking, um, what if we had the Capulets? Because I knew that this this was a side against a side. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if if one family has kind of worked their way in to life on this particular island and is slowly kind of buying up things and becoming mm-hmm. friends with these people and um, establishing themselves as a um, 
a wealthy family and as a good trade companions and you know what happens if you have a family like that that's not necessarily in there to take over but maybe starts with good intentions and 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 yet somewhere along the line they've offended somebody mm -hmm. because that's what we have with the capulets and the montagues is that somehow they hate each other but we don't know why or how it was so long ago that nobody yeah. can remember and also then you have this idea of forbidden love right that they hate each other and not necessarily making it a race thing even though that was part of what came across in our production but just the fact that you have two enemies and yet what heals the enemies is the love of the children mm -hmm. and the tragedy is that they end up dying for that to happen but i was interested in the coming together portion yeah that yes tragedy can happen i mean tragedy has happened on this island and tragedy is happening all over but how can we find a way to in the end come together and i think that's why the story worked um also something in in my research and I know that I'll, I, I'm not totally accurate, but in Samoan, they have a formal and an informal way of speaking mm -hmm. in their language. It's built in. So I thought, hmm, with Shakespeare, we have this formality in yeah. the language, uh, which is kind of hard to understand with our American English right. at the moment, sometimes for some people. But I thought it was a good, it was a good thing to pair with it because when it was translated that it would... Uh, it would lend itself to that text because mm -hmm. it has a formality to it. So I don't know. That's why I did that. But the house was full every night. Yeah, yeah. It and was it awesome. Was, I tell my students all the time that it was kind of a once in a lifetime experience if you were in the audience mm -hmm. because um, you know, I, I teach about in Shakespeare's time there was all standing room in the Globe Theater so they would just stand and if there was a performance that was great they would you know they'd be laughing they'd be cheering um, people came again and again because it was so cheap to go and they would have the shows memorized and so they would say lines along with the actors and they would uh, throw food if it was a bad performance mm -hmm. and or if they didn't like somebody and and in this production the audience when they knew the songs they were singing along they were cheering, they were laughing, they were standing up. People brought babies and children, and even though it's not really a show for children. But they, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was a community like, event. Like, yeah. I remember everybody was going. Yeah. So it, in that way, as a piece of theater, I think it was a wild success um, for our campus and for our students. And now I have a student who's taking it back and going to produce it in Samoa, so. Wow, cool. Which a play's never really been done. But they want yeah. her to come and do it. So things like that are exciting. That's Theater so really cool. can change can change people's lives. And it's changing her life as she goes to do this. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll be getting some more plays that are actually written in Samoa and then yeah. performed there or in other countries too. I just want it to spread. <laughs> the RE Theater. The RE. Yeah. yeah. It's like you have so many different types of plays there's so much diversity within like what you're producing how do you take what you learn from one show you know all those nuances and those things that just come to be because you have to you're putting restrictions on yourself like how to do things like how do you apply one show and what you learn to the next show that's so much different from sometimes it. i can't you just i mean the technique is different um uh, i like when I did uh, Urashimataro this fall, I mean, it's a children's theater play, 
So, and children are super smart. So you can't, you can't fake them out. You gotta, Mm -hmm. it's gotta be real and it's gotta be full of life and you can't play down to them. You have to play up to them. And, and uh, I incorporated some very adult technique into that production and it really worked for them. They understood it. And the techniques I were using were Japanese techniques. So I can't use those in this production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no idea. Sometimes it's, it's just, oh, I, I learned how to communicate better with actors. Like I can, I can do this better yeah. and I can apply that next time. But in terms of how I approach each show, man, it's super different. I mean, if I, if I was doing Shakespeare, I'd always start with foundational, how we speak this, what the words mean, how you figure out what the words mean if you don't know, stuff like that. But I, yeah, I wish it was that easy. I wish I could actually carry <laughs> stuff over. But then that's kind of part of the challenge, right? Yeah. Is that it doesn't. How do you start getting into directing? It seems like such a crazy task. I guess it makes sense that you started as an actor. Yeah, I started as an actor. But mm-hmm. some people, I went to school with people who got an MFA in just directing. So you can just get a degree and then continue. You get a degree and then you continue on. Just, okay, cool. I mean, they're all over the place directing (laughs) all kinds of different things. I mean. You just do it. You just (laughs) got to go to school. Well, and often you you work kind of from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, In big regional theaters, you work as an assistant director, stage Mm -hmm. manager. I have a friend who's a director, but he works as a stage manager a lot. And that's how he was able to get into directing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's tricky, but you gotta have technique, mm-hmm. or you can't, or you're just kind of like painting blind. Like you, you. That's what uh, is the foundation of you know any art form is technique. It's really hard to paint a masterpiece if you don't understand uh, color or something. Yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> something like that. Something foundational. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that makes you. sense. Yeah, but I don't. Have you written anything personally? Like I have. play written? Okay, I have cool. written plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned in our playwriting class how I, yeah. I wrote one play and uh, never expecting it to see the light of day. And then I received news that someone was producing it the next year. And I was like, no, not that play. <laughs> was that this the one with the heads? The... This is the picture frame one. Oh, okay. It was, an, okay. A, it was absurd. It was a, kind of an absurd play. It, I wrote it about... Uh, I wrote it really, a really long time ago. So when the whole war in Iraq started, mm-hmm. I had lots of friends who uh, right out of high school joined the National Guard so they could pay for college and who were the first people they called up to go over the National Guard. I had one friend who uh, had a very serious wound from being shot. I have uh, I had a lot of friends who were coming home wounded and mm-hmm. hurt and thank goodness uh, none had died. But I was really angry that that they joined to go to school, which mm-hmm. is not a, a good reason to join the military. I'd just like to say that. But, you know, and, and then and they did their duty and they, they served and, and just how hard it was for them to be 18 years old with wounds that make their ability to work for the rest of their life yeah. diminished. And so this was just, um, it was a story about... Um, about some of those people that I wrote. And it, um, yeah, it was more of kind of a cathartic thing. It really, really shouldn't have been produced. I didn't go see it, so. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
Nope. It's been produced since, so that's probably good. You never know. Um, yeah. It's going the next one we do. Exciting. At BYU. No. <laughs> Sister Densley. No, I'm not on. doing it. But, um, yeah, and so, and, and I've written... Um, I've written other things. Um, I've written monologues, um, and I've written other plays. Um, but and we have faculty on campus who have written plays that you wouldn't necessarily think. Like uh, our vice president, John Bell. He's oh. a published playwright. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. What did he graduate in? Biology. Okay. Biology. Just you never know. You, you never know. He loves know. the theater, and so does his brother. I think they've – I'm totally uh, – like trying to be factual here, but some of it's not. <laughs> it's but I know say. he's worked with his brother, and um, I don't know if they co-wrote or if they just worked together to produce something. But That's so interesting. Cool. He's, he's written plays, and he's working on one right now, actually. So Next one. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You never know. I think it's really important to, no matter what your degree is, is to have whatever your art is and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him, I mean, he's a biologist. He's a scientist. But this is his art, and so yeah. when you when you make sure that you service that part of your life, whatever it is, it makes you successful in the other parts. Um, if you deny it, it, it's that balance thing we're always striving for. You you won't be balanced. Yeah. Yin yang. Mm-hmm. Theater and everything else. <laughs> That's they fit together. They fit perfectly together. Perfect in a wheel of black and white. Do you have any advice for young writers, young actors? Yeah. Just do Take a her lot. playwriting class, Come obviously. Playwriting class. <laughs> no, I I am excited about the playwriting class because yeah, we're going to produce really the plays that are written in it. That's so sweet. our students get to see on stage, um, you know, if they submit them for the committee to be approved. I mean, they mm-hmm. have to decide if they want their play to be produced. Um, no I'm not choice. Gonna, I'm not going to do the thing that happened to me where they just produce it anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, the they'll get to see them. I mean, they're not. Like I said, they're not meant to be read. They're meant to be seen. And then as, and then there'll be playwrights, produced playwrights at the end that they can have on their resume wow. and they can keep writing. And yeah, I'm super excited about that. That's a really cool class. I'm in it. Yeah, Just, you are in it. <laughs> yeah. You're writing good stuff. Thanks. But, yeah, but back to this, like the sure. change of like using technology, that's why it's important to write your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like before, like I mentioned, you're not, yeah. you, you weren't supposed to write your own stuff. You know, you got to use somebody else's stuff. Yeah. But now you want something good. You just write your own. Yeah. It's like, I don't like that. I'll change yeah. it in mine. Yeah. <laughs> but. Because we all have yeah. stuff to say. And it's interesting. Like know. what you said in class, you said like, you're kind of writing like a screenwriter. A lot of us were. Yeah. And it's like struggling with like getting the Netflix out of our head and how it looks <laughs> on Netflix and like going to be on stage. So it was interesting really to hear you. I actually think we need to that. probably watch some more plays in that yeah. class because it's hard. We, we don't here. We just don't have access. I would yeah. love for every class I teach to get to see two plays a semester. Yeah. But you just can't. And so and it's I don't think you. we I don't think that we should deny the film side of our brains. I mean, that's what's happening. So yeah. how can we incorporate that into what we're doing rather than mm-hmm. pretending it's not happening? Yeah. Awesome class. Take I the class movies. if you're listening. <laughs> Every yeah, two I like years. movies too, you know. But yeah. I also like plays. They're just different. They're it's just different. different. Yeah. Yeah. I like it for different reasons. Me too. Yeah. So. And the, the film, I mean, you see exactly every frame that the editor wants you to see. Yeah. And that's it. And I find myself sometimes when I watch a movie wondering what's happening over here. 
what's happening off mm -hmm. are they all looking at the camera knowing that they're not on screen or are they <laughs> like i'm just more fascinated by that and that's yeah. an, one reason why theater's cool because you get to choose where you look it's like your own story yeah, yeah and you can hear like wavering of voices like yeah. in the imperfections you know oh, the yeah. editor will be like mm -hmm. do it again or the director would well, say let's bring them back in yeah. yeah. <laughs> re-record that yeah yeah there's no re-recording yeah you can go to one show like one night mm -hmm. and then go to the next show the next night and it's it'll be different be so it's interesting yeah like it's just i just think it's important i think that art is important and i i would hope that my students especially students that are struggling with getting you know netflix out of their head <laughs> for example uh i would say like when's the last time you went to an art gallery yeah go look at a painting go Go listen to a symphony. Go, I mean, find something else that inspires you because all art talks to each other and you never know what's going what's gonna to work with your brain. We just need more of it in our lives. And it seems like the powers that be seem to try to strip it away from our lives. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's hard. I mean, my kids, they're super little mm -hmm. and they don't understand a lot, but every night they beg to come to rehearsal and I'm not sure mm -hmm. I, I actually wondered why I'm like why you could be sleeping you could be I crave sleep I do crave sleep <laughs> yeah you could be sleeping you could be sleeping they're like but mom I'll miss something Aww. and they're just I mean they're obsessed with the imperfection of it and I think that at some point we lose that yeah that excitement and one of my favorite stories actually comes from Dr. Glenn who's in our production um when I did Tato in the fall, her son got to see it because he's a kindergartner oh, at Lyle Elementary. And he got to see the production with school. And then his mom brought him again another night. And then she sent me a video of him having a meltdown the last night because she wasn't mm. planning on taking him. He'd seen it twice because he'd never get to see it again. Oh. And I thought, how astute is that? Like the knowing that Cutest. it will disappear forever. And he was so upset that he would never get to see it again. Did she take him? No, the she third didn't. Night? Oh. Like it, was, it was too late at that point. Yeah, oh, okay. Lessons. You know? <laughs> Learned them now young. She knows. Yeah, she no. <laughs> but it talks to our kids, and yet we're trying to yeah. like, take away that and physical education. and They're trying to take away PE? Yeah. I had no Why? idea. I mean, not that I'm super good at PE, but... PE is the greatest. Okay, totally different day. experiences, but I still think it's important. I just <laughs> don't like it. to run a mile. Play uh, run a mile. Wall I just ball. walked Wall the field. Ball. That was our jump Ping rope. Pong. Yeah. All no, that stuff. I, you had a really was, great PE teacher. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just walked the field because yeah. I didn't want to play. But <laughs> it was great. Chatting time. But anyway. But still, we're just missing balance in our lives. And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So bring your kids to the theater. Bring yourself to the theater. Or to an art I'll just plug any art. You can go anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to come to any see art. my kind of art. Solana, though. Coming yes. up next Wednesday. Yeah. I guess by the time we air this podcast, it will have already happened. Happened. No, let's release this one before. All March right, 15th fine. is yep. when it happens. March 15th. <laughs> right? We're it's bumping it up. Yeah, opening night. Okay, we'll try to get this Sweet. by at least March 14th. Oh, you but can yeah. always try. Yeah, it but... runs, we're actually running longer than any production that has yeah. run here before. And I told the cast, I said, look, I'm. if any of you want to ever do this, you need to learn how to do it longer than three days. Yeah. I mean, in the professional theater, you do eight shows a week. That's a lot of shows. Yeah. And you have to be used to carrying something over an extended period of time. 
So even though we're doing it weird, we're doing a Thursday, Friday, two shows on Saturday, first mm -hmm. week. Then we're doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday the next week because I don't want to do anything that interferes with culture night. Yeah. Uh, then it's, you know, it's a weird schedule. And yet, I don't know, our, our students get to do their seven, not eight shows, but they get to do seven shows. Yeah. Uh, I hope it'll be a little bit more worth for them that they'll feel the value of all their hard work for this experience. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that we haven't asked you that you want to talk about or you want to? Into the into. ether. You could say anything right now. Doesn't even have to be about theater with an Ari. No. I don't know. Sometimes I wish people would just bring me food. Like I could just sit. <laughs> people would bring me food. I love it. So I have one student, well, you know this, mm -hmm. who works at Pounders. Yes. And every day before playwriting, she's always hungry because she's just finished a shift. So she always gets to bring over like leftovers mm -hmm. or the pizza that went bad. Or not, not bad, but like, but yeah, like mm -hmm. a little oh, bit burnt. I d I, or I didn't, oh, I didn't want arugula. Oh, like, well, let oh. me take this with me then. And, or the didn't. cookie that a corner broke. Even though every time she brings yeah. it to me, it's a perfect round. But she tells me that they're only allowed to take them if they're broken. She um, just like she just breaks loves them. you. Ah! Uh, but I'm just saying that yeah. there's something really special about sharing food with other people. Yes. And bringing food for people. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I think... Yeah. Bought right. cheese for the class yesterday. Oh, yeah, so nice of you. I appreciated it. Well, because I was also eating spam and stuff in front of them, so I didn't want to be that guy, you know? It was like balance. Like, this is for everybody. This is for me. <laughs> I ate cheeses before I came here today. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. Not a very good sharer. Like, I'll get nah. you something and me something, but I'm like, this is mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is mine. <laughs> Ari, mm -hmm. who's our customer, mm -hmm. our costume designer, she's just fabulous. You know, she works full time on campus and then comes in every night to sew our costumes. I haven't met her. Oh, she's just lovely. Mm -mm. And she works in the Center for Learning and Teaching. Um, anyway, she's their administrative assistant. She's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes she brings me treats. <laughs> like the other day, she had Brie. Like, oh. I love Brie and Cracker. It's okay. I can see really? the look on your face. I was Brie. <laughs> Brie, it's a cheese. It's a okay. soft cheese. Oh, I thought it was something. So, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, what is Brie? It was Brie, which is a soft <laughs> cheese. It's really yummy. It's kind of cheddar. It's with Crackers, and she had stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just in heaven. Random well, sushi. It's just a little bit too just fancy saying. for me. It's like, I'll learn eventually when I'm yeah. more cultured. You're a lawyer. <laughs> I'll learn about Brie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Brie cheese. Yeah. Easy I, cheese. I was all about. Cheese. I studied in England for a while, studied oh. theater, and uh, it was all about the cheese. Super cheesy. <laughs> I actually, the, the school that I went to, uh, you know the hall in Harry Potter? Yes. The banquet hall? Yes. So that's where we ate breakfast and lunch and dinner every day. That's Stop so it. Cool. That is my yeah. dream. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and it was also cool too because uh, the, the college I went to, mm -hmm. um, uh, they has it when you walk in the door. So the door is like two feet tall because everyone was really short in the medieval times. Yeah. So you have to squat down to like get through the door and no. it opens up to this courtyard. And the courtyard, every so every college is independent and yet all together, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it's walled off. Uh, so you have to enter and then you mm -hmm. can't leave unless you go back out through that door. Um, and right ahead is a chapel. Every college also has a chapel in it. And there's a big oval perfectly manicured green lawn wow. and it has a rope around it and the first day i was like why is there a rope around this it's because the woman who who was the wife of the the guy who uh founded the college mm -hmm. um 
he died and she buried his heart underneath the front lawn so you're not How allowed to dramatic. walk on it oh, i know it's super dramatic Ooh. and i knew this was the place for me even though i'm not dramatic like i enjoy yeah weird things like that did you touch the grass i did like, totally your... did okay, i stepped on it. it i didn't run through it because i felt like i could get cursed and i really right. needed to work sense. hard that summer you just put yeah. your finger on it you're like yeah. oh it's yes, like i'm in okay. a circle it's just crazy and yeah so no one it's like this beautiful lawn and nobody sits on it to pick how do they mow the lawn yeah somebody walks on it i never saw anyone walking on it they just do it at like three in the morning yeah. like by or hand something. with shears sure. so that you can't like yeah. hear the mower. Or the grass just never grows. Yeah, it's or cursed. Something. The heart is just has Super a cursed. Circle. Okay, so tell me about Harry Potter school. Oh, well, it wasn't the Harry Potter. Okay, so uh, I, I uh, write down Christchurch, which is where they filmed a lot of Harry Like the stairs that go to the banquet hall and stuff was yeah. all filmed at Christchurch. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, like two blocks away from where I was at. Mm-hmm. But the hall that they eat food in was... Uh, crafted after the hall oh, wow. and the school that we were at. Oh, fun. and one thing that's pretty awesome about any school, at least the school I went to mm-hmm. in England, is that uh, you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner together that's as really the entire fun. school. So it's served between this time and this time, kind of like here. Yeah, but it's not informal. Like you don't just go with your your tray Whatever. and yeah. you go through. Like all the silverware is real and all the plates are real, and they you Fancy. sit down and sometimes for breakfast there's like a buffet line so you get your stuff and you go and you sit, and there's also the you know the head table where everyone sat in Harry Potter. Dumbledore. So they have <laughs> they have that yeah. across the front. So then Stop. the the teachers or the professors sit at that table when they eat, and uh, you're but living my dream. It was super fun, and, and also in England they have a lot of mystery meat. Like you get food, really? but nobody really knows what it is. It was always delicious, but it was weird. It it was weird too. There's like yeah. a lot of lamb, but you're not sure if it's lamb. Interesting. I've heard that British food is nothing like special. You know, like it's it just kind of. But you know, I also heard it was going to be gross, and when yeah. I was there, it wasn't gross. It just was. It was just different. Plain. I don't know. Yeah, just yeah. you know, your normal fare. <laughs> I don't know. You're looking. But it was my cool dream. that you it's actually fun. go and you sit and you eat together. I thought that yeah. that was really special because we don't do that a lot anymore and if you miss breakfast you know Mm. sucks to be you and there's no cereal at breakfast it's It's like all food it's food eggs and they they take the these tomatoes and they have them and they roast them so they're super like sweet and they sprinkle this stuff on top so you have like you get your eggs and the toast is all standing up on these little toast stands exactly just like harry potter it's just like it and then big sausages and their bacon is not what we so british bacon is not the bacon we have it's basically like Canadian bacon. Oh. I'm like, where are the long, skinny, crispy strips? <laughs> they don't have that. It's, it's just the like, circles. It's just like Canadian bacon. No, it's, or but it, it's not long different. and thin. It's like, it's like a slab, but it's thin. Mm. I don't know. It's just not it's the same. Different. It doesn't taste the same. Yeah. The Brits. Guys, weird people. They have some things right. <laughs> yeah. Some things, <laughs> not so much. Magical experience. I, I was bet a it was. Experience. I have tears in my eyes. I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> But, <laughs> it wasn't like at but Christ still church is a church. like just like wasn't there living kind of the life oh my gosh <laughs> but there were some things and this is right when harry potter because i went a long time ago this is mm-hmm. when harry potter was just kind of starting to become a real thing mm-hmm. and uh along the, the the road that i lived everybody they go to pubs every day and it's um rather than this is probably something really appropriate for BYU. Um, I, well, you know, I don't drink, but they mm-hmm. have they keep all of their barrels underground and they use pressure to pipe them up so they don't actually oh. f- like refrigerate them because that's how they've been doing it for centuries is they just mm-hmm. keep it cool by having it underground. And 
everyone at the end of class. I mean, there's a pub in your school where people go, and again, a really tiny door, so you can't get into it very well. Um, but it's just part of their culture. That's how they sort of unwind. But what I would do to unwind is they um, there was a bookshop across the street and then one that was just right around the corner from where I lived. And it was one of those ones, almost like Harry Potter, in that all the books were on the shelf and then they'd have stacks of books on the bottom and stacks of book on, because there were so many books, there wasn't enough space. Oh and you know, people were always, that that building was full because people, people love, love books. and books there. <laughs> and here you go into like Barnes and Noble and there's like four people and some of them are always weird. They're old. You know, and, and it's it's just different. It was so, and it's made of stone, you know, the facade is stone, the walls are stone. I need to and go there. And people just have a respect yeah. For books in a different way and which is something that i really cherish because i grew up mm -hmm. reading and well i mean i hope i did but I, I i read a lot i love to read and that's another reason why i love plays is because it's like a, a something hidden inside of a book it's different than just yeah. a regular story but anyway it's pretty wow uh, pretty awesome man so jealous one day we'll podcast about <laughs> oxford and we'll yeah talk about just that. england yeah why not <laughs> All right, well, Solana. Solana. Oh, yeah, sorry, Solana. You said to talk about whatever. No, I was so just talking about food. Oh, no, I was, we got to I was just wrapping it up. I was just, oh. I mean, Solana else? is great. Solana Go see it. is coming to BYU March 15th. That might be tomorrow. It's not. I'm just saying for oh. uh, like oh, when this is released. Oh, you this. Yes. Yeah, right now Fair it's enough. March 5th, Go run 6th. and see it. Yeah, run. Yeah, Tell run. your family, friends. No, truly, it will be an experience that yeah. you'll never forget. And you'll get to see me sing. And we get to see you sing. Do you want to, like, give them a sample of that real fast? Oh, no, absolutely not. you got to come see. <laughs> You're right. I'll be in full, full costume. That, yeah. Right? yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, this show, the, the people who've written it, I mean, they work on Broadway currently. Mm -hmm. And that's where this show is headed. And so someday, when this story is all flushed out, uh, our students will be able to say, I sang in that first realized production and the so audience cool. who comes to see it will be able to say i saw the first time that was realized um and be excited about what's changed about it you know since things are evolving but i really hope that people come and we made the tickets price ticket prices super cheap so that people can come i mean three dollars for students it's really cheap it's so much yeah. cheaper than a movie you can see it three times for the cost of one movie ticket that's true and uh faculty and staff missionaries we got to give them a shout out you know they got to have some <laughs> some help uh five dollars in general admission eight yep. but still it's everything's cheaper than a movie very ticket. affordable yeah. so i would hope that you would invest in your brains and your souls <laughs> just go see it. just go yeah. see it please. please it's gonna be wonderful yeah. please see it jackson's gonna be so glorious on stage he is he's doing a so wonderful job I messed up pretty bad last night, actually. But our whole group did, so it's fine. <laughs> you we covered it up. Weird situation with the monitors and Oh, laptop. not your fault. Oh, my gosh. Nobody no. could hear anything. So the yeah. piano, yeah. things are going to be moved. This is just one of the things we're trying to work through. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're having a band on stage. So it's oh, how do we have a band? So cool. And right, But right now they're down in front. But if you're backstage, you can't hear anything that's happening in the front, if that makes sense. Because yeah. there's a wall in between yeah. you and the sound. Right. And so people just came in singing whatever note they wanted to sing. <laughs> Wasn't really what was written, but we fixed it. We fi we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. That's funny. Tomorrow when we run it again. Yeah. It, it was not your fault, Jackson. Today, I'm actually also in the 
set shop class for the... Yeah, which is what we're about. You're yeah. painting today. We're going to paint, and I think we're going to pick up the piano and take it on the stage, but wow. we'll see. pick it up. Oh, I think you're going to roll it? Roll it around. No, I know, but like, you know. Yeah, it still has got to move, move it. Move the piano. When you yeah. said Sorry, pick guys. up, I was like, what not kind like, of piano like is it? bicep curl the piano. Like, <laughs> he was trying to make Jackson. it sound like really impressive. Yeah, we're just we going to pick up a piano. But I don't even know where It's probably just going to be me, too. I'm like the only guy in there, so just move that piano. He's not alone. A pulley system. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. I hope it's cool for the students, too, to be able to sit yeah. back and go, like, I built this with my bare hands. <laughs> and power tools. And power tools. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's, like, therapeutic. We destroy a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's also a fun class. Plug it. You it know. is. Hey, I'll guys. Take a theater 260R. You can build our sets. When yeah. we first got here, we had one person in the class. And wow. now we have so many that we had to put a cap on it so that because there's not exciting. enough room for people in the club. Like, there's not enough standing room in the shop yeah. oh, for wow. too many people. It becomes dangerous. Yeah. So. We've had some close calls. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's and next, so cool. it's, it's also just cool life skills, too, because next it's staying out. Oh. Um, next semester, um, uh, or maybe this semester, we'll see what happens. I think next semester, we're building, like, actual furniture, like chairs and tables and things like that for us to use That's in class awesome. so that we can actually have prop furniture. But it's cool to walk out of a class and be like, I know how to build a table <laughs> and it will stay up and be safe Yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. That kind of stuff makes me excited. But I'm Woodworking. Weird. Yeah, right now I'm working on it because cool. I'm all right with metal, but uh, my only experience with wood besides this class was the carpentry merit badge and what? I had to build a bench and it was awful. They are like, this does not count. <laughs> no badge Do for it you. again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took a woodworking class and my teacher built my box for me because he just realized like beginning of the semester, he's like, I'm just going to have to help you through it. So only That's time. Sweet. I still have it. I'm really proud Aww. of it. <laughs> Even though you didn't do it? Yeah, he's super scary too. Friendship. So he'd be like, oh, just give me this board and I'll just sign like over here. And... He's covering his bases. Yeah, he doesn't want to be liable like, for your Jeez. Well, that's sad. He just didn't let you kind of figure it out. I didn't even. want to. Oh, you didn't I, want yeah, to figure it out. Like, okay, take fair it. enough. So it was a good relationship. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. He was terrifying. I know that uh, especially the women that take this class, like a lot of women, even now, are, are told, oh, no, no, you know, we'll do that. And someone yeah. else will take the job away from them. Yeah. In this class, it's like, no, this is a saw, and you're going to cut this board. Mm-hmm. And people are like giggling and cutting the saw. <laughs> and then they're so empowered, you know? It's like, I just used a saw, you know? I mean, they're doing it safely that with eye protection so, and right. getting their not, fingers out of the way and yeah. all that jazz. But They're not too excited. No. Safety first. But, you know, in high-powered drills and things, it's super empowering. Yeah. If you want to be empowered, take shop class. Absolutely. Maybe I'll retake it. Maybe I'll build my own box. <laughs> yeah, we'll just see. in the downtime. We'll see. Just like, what are you doing, Carly? Just making a box. Making a box. By myself this time. By myself. <laughs> I'll hold all my things in it. Anyway. Well, thanks for coming and talking yeah, thanks, with guys. us. And I hope that people, you know, if they choose to listen to this, that they, that it affects their sensibilities about theater a little bit. Yeah. We'll see. It's what we're all about, change and stories. We're all about change. All about change. (laughs) Change it up. (laughs) All righty. Well, Solana, March 15th is when it starts. That's right. I'm going to go paint sets now. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. This was the Zeno Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Zeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O Podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments about what we talked about today uh, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at podcastzeno at gmail.com. This podcast was brought to you by BYU Hawaii's Reading and Writing Center. Thanks for learning by listening.